Good evening. I'm Ronaldo McKenzie and welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Round Podcast. Tonight, we bring you a special report on the Wagner Group, a private military company that has been making headlines for its footprints and influence around the world. In an astonishing turn of events, the group's leader, Yevgeny Prisgozin, declared an all-out war on the Russian state, throwing Vladimir Putin's government and Ukraine war effort into crisis mode. But the Wagner Group's activities extend far beyond Ukraine and Russia. the Sofan Center, the Wagner Group has been militarily on or politically active in numerous countries, with a particular focus on Africa. They function like a Swiss army knife, providing not only military training and combat operations, but also advising government leadership on political issues and conducting information campaigns. However, their actions pose a catch-22 situation where they stabilize fragile states but also invite further instability, creating more demand for their services. Wagner's involvement goes beyond scrutiny services. They are reportedly involved in illicit activities such as supporting sanctions, evasion and trafficking and deconstruction of cultural property. In Africa, Wagner has become an extension of Moscow's foreign policy and influence, displacing Western presence and discrediting counter-terrorism partners and peacekeeping missions. Their brutality and support for predatory governments could exacerbate conditions exploited by violent extremist groups. The future of the Wagner Group remains uncertain after the mutiny and negotiations mediated by Belarus. Their legacy, however, has already entrenched the use of private military companies by Russia, proving successful in various ways. With their ability to raise funds, deploy effectively and evade sanctions, Russia is likely to continue expanding the use of such companies. But how did this mutiny unfold? And what does it mean for Russia and the international community? Let's dive into the details. On June 23, 2023, Yevgeny Prisgozin, 
led a convoy of mercenaries on a march toward Moscow, declaring a war against the Russian state. The mutiny which caught the Russian military off guard escalated rapidly and ended abruptly, leaving confusion in its wake. After storming through towns in southern Russia, Wagner troops returned to their field camps following negotiations mediated by Belarus. By Belarus. Now, the mutiny had been building over months due to grievances related to the war in Ukraine. Prezgozin blamed the Russian military for corruption and greed, alleging that the war was a racket to, en to enrich the Russian elite. The mutiny was further fueled by an order that would compel Wagner fighters to sign a formal contract with the Russian Ministry of Defense. Putin labeled the mutiny treasonous and vowed punishment for those involved. While Wagner has gained prominence with its involvement in conflicts worldwide, including Ukraine, Syria, and Africa, its effectiveness should not be overstated. It has suffered defeats and faced international scrutiny for alleged human rights abuses. However, its presence as a quasi-state force operating in complex conflict zones poses challenges for international peace and security efforts. Again, while Wagner has gained prominence with its involvement in conflicts worldwide, including Ukraine, Syria, and Africa, its effectiveness should not be overstated. It has suffered defeats and faced international scrutiny for alleged human rights abuses. However, its presence as a quasi-state force operating in complex conflict zones poses challenges for international peace and security efforts. The lack of clarity in how to treat Wagner and its connection to the Russian state further escalates, in, uh, escalates tensions between Russia and the West. In this special report, we explore the Wagner groups, its organizational structure, its operations globally, and its implications for peace and security efforts. We also discuss policy recommendations for containing and countering Wagner's activities. That concludes our introductory segment on the Wagner Group. Stay tuned for the next part of this special report where we delve deeper into the group's origins and its relationship with the Russian state. I'm Ronaldo McKenzie and you're listening to the Neoliberal Round Podcast. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the episode. In this segment of our special report on the Wagner Group, we will delve deeper into the group's origins and its relationship with the Russian state. The Wagner Group, sometimes referred to as the Wagner PMC, which PMC stands for Private Military Company, was founded by Yevgeny Prizgozin, a Russian businessman with close ties to the Russian government. Prizgozin is known as Putin's chef 
due to his catering business that has served Russian officials and the president himself. It is widely believed that the Wagner Group operates under the protection and support of the Russian state. Now, the exact origins of the Wagner Group remains somewhat mysterious, with limited official information available. It is widely believed that the group emerged around 2014 during the conflict in Ukraine. The Wagner Group initially operated as a shadowy and secretive mercenary force, recruiting former military personnel, including veterans of the Russian armed forces. The group's first known operation was in 2014 when it sent fighters to support separatist forces in eastern Ukraine. Wagner mercenaries were involved in several key battles, including the Battle of Donetsk Airport and the Battle of Dobastiv. Their presence in Ukraine marked the beginning of their international notoriety. Since then, the Wagner Group has expanded its operations to various conflict zones, including Syria, Libya, Sudan, and the Central African Republic. They provide military training, combat support, and security services to their clients, often supporting governments or factions aligned with Russian interests. Wagner has been accused of fighting alongside pro-Assad forces in Syria, assisting Libyan warlord Khalifa Haftar, and supporting the government in Sudan. The relationship between the Wagner Group and the Russian state is a topic of debate and speculation. While the Russian government officially denies any direct connection to Wagner, numerous, to Wagner, numerous pieces of evidence suggest otherwise. The group operates with a level of impunity and logistical support that would be challenging without the backing of a powerful state actor. Some analysts believe that the Wagner Group serves as a tool for the Russian state to pursue its objectives while maintaining plausible deniability. It allows the Russian government to project power, influence, to influence conflicts and advance its interests without officially committing regular Russian military forces. Additionally, the usage of private military companies like Wagner provides a level of flexibility and deniability, shielding the Russian state from direct responsibility for their actions. We talk about the issue of strategy. And in, in the new book I'm writing called Neoliberal Globalization Reconsidered New Capitalism and the Death of Nations. And I also talk about pseudo-communism. But the, the driving force is the issue of privilege, power, position, and status. And then when you start to study the history of the global south as against the global north. But let us continue with the Wagner Group. Furthermore, Wagner's presence in conflict zones has complicated peace and security efforts. Their involvement often undermines stability, exacerbates existing conflicts, and hinders diplomatic resolutions. The group's connections to predatory governments and their involvement in illicit activities further complicates the situation, creating a vicious cycle of instability and violence. As the Wagner Group continues to operate and expand its reach, the international community faces the challenge of effectively countering their activities, developing strategies to address the influence and impact of private military companies like Wagner. 
is crucial for maintaining peace and security globally. Now, this includes diplomatic efforts, increased transparency, accountability mechanisms, and collaboration among states to regulate and monitor the activities of such groups. This concludes this segment of the origins of the Wagner Group and its relationship with the Russian state. In the next part of our special report, we will delve into the group's operations and implications in Africa. Stay tuned for more insights and analysis. I'm Ronaldo McKenzie. You're listening to the Nearly Boy Round podcast. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to segment three of the Neoliberal Round podcast special report on the Wagner Group. In this segment, we will explore the Wagner, the Wagner Group's operations and implications in Africa. The Wagner Group's expansion into Africa has raised significant concerns among regional and international actors. The group's involvement in various African countries has further complicated existing conflicts and posed challenges to peace and stability in the region. One notable country where the Wagner Group has been active is the Central African Republic CAR, CAR in, and in 2018 the CAR government signed a bilateral security agreement with Russia, paving the way for the deployment of Wagner mercenaries to support government forces against rebel groups. Wagner's presence in the CAR has drawn criticism due to allegations of human rights abuses and exacerbating the conflict dynamics. In Libya, the Wagner Group has been accused of providing military support to General Khalifa Haftar's Libya National Army, the LNA, in their fight against the internationally recognized government of national accord, the GNA. This has intensified the conflict in the country and contributed to its protracted nature. Additionally, there have been reports of Wagner mercenaries operating in Sudan, and we said that we alluded to this earlier, where they are said to have supported the government of President Omar al-Bashir during his rule. Sudan's transition to a, civil, to a civilian-led government has prompted concerns about the Wagner Group's continued presence and its implications for the country's stability. Now, the expansion of the Wagner Group's operations in Africa is closely tied to Russia's strategic interest on the continent. Russia, under President Vladimir Putin, has been seeking to increase its influence and presence in Africa, both for economic and geopolitical reasons. African countries provide opportunities for resource extraction, access to markets, and potential military bases. The Wagner Group's activities in Africa are often intertwined with Russian state-backed initiatives and investments. For example, in countries like Sudan and the CAR, Russian companies have secured lucrative mining contracts and the presence of Wagner mercenaries serves to protect these economic interests. The implications of the Wagner Group's operations in Africa extend beyond the immediate conflict zones. Their activities can undermine efforts for peace 
exacerbate regional tensions and complicate diplomatic resolutions. The involvement of private military companies like Wagner blurs the lines between state and non-state actors, making it challenging to hold accountable to hold accountable those responsible for human rights violations and other unlawful actions. Now, addressing the Wagner Group's operations in Africa requires a comprehensive approach. Regional organizations such as the African Union can play a crucial role in coordinating efforts to mitigate the impact of private military companies and promote peaceful resolutions to conflicts. The international community should also support its transparency initiatives and investigations into the group's activities, holding both the Wagner Group and their sponsors accountable for any violations of international law. As we conclude this segment on the Wagner Group's operations in Africa, it is clear that their presence raises complex challenges for peace and stability on the continent. Understanding and addressing the implications of private military companies like Wagner is crucial for ensuring the well-being of African nations and advancing peace-building efforts. Stay tuned for our final segment, where, we'll, where we will discuss potential strategies to address the, Wagner's, the Wagner Group's activities globally. Welcome back to the final segment of the podcast. And in this final segment, we will explore potential challenges to address or potential strategies to address the activities of the Wagner Group on a global scale. Again, um, on, in this final segment, we will explore potential strategies to address the activities of the Wagner Group on a, on a global scale. One. In order to address the Wagner Group, or in one of the, there are several strategies. There are several strategies to deal or to address the activities of the Wagner Group on a global scale. One, enhance international cooperation. Dealing with private military companies like the Wagner Group requires a coordinated and cooperative international response. Countries and regional organizations should work together to share information intelligence and best practices to effectively monitor and counter the activities of such groups. Cooperation can also involve joint investigations and legal efforts to hold those responsible for human rights abuses and violations of international law accountable. Secondly, strengthening international legal frameworks. The international community should consider strengthening existing legal frameworks that govern private military companies. Efforts can include developing can include developing clearer regulations and standards for the operations, ensuring greater transparency and accountability, and establishing mechanisms to investigate and prosecute violations. International conventions and treaties that address the activities of private military companies could be explored and ratified by concerned nations. Three, monitoring and oversight mechanisms. Establishing effective monitoring and oversight mechanisms is crucial to keep a check 
on the activities of private military companies. This can involve the deployment of independent observers and human rights monitors to conflict zones where these groups are present. Additionally, mechanisms to monitor the financial flows, supply chains, and recruitment practices of private military companies should be put in place to identify any illicit activities or violations. 4. Economic Pressure Governments and international bodies can leverage economic pressure to discourage states from supporting or contracting with private military companies like the Wagner Group. Sanctions, trade restrictions, and targeted financial measures can be implemented against countries or, ent or entities involved in supporting or benefiting from the activities of these groups. This can create disincentives for states to engage with private military with private military companies and contribute to their decline. 5. Diplomatic engagement. Engaging diplomatically with countries that have close ties to private military companies is essential to address the issue effectively. Dialogue and negotiations can be pursued to encourage states to, to, um, to cease their support for these groups, promote transparency, and explore peaceful solutions to conflicts. This can involve diplomatic pressure, mediation efforts, and the inclusion of private military companies or company issues on international agendas and discussions. 6. Raising Awareness and Advocacy Raising awareness about the activities and implications of private military companies like the Wagner Group is crucial. Civil society organizations, human rights groups, and the media can play a significant role in shedding light on the actions of these groups, advocating for accountability, and pressuring government and international bodies to take appropriate measures. Public pressure and scrutiny can contribute to shaping policies and actions that address the challenges posed by private military companies, or might I add, the dominant class. But it is important to recognize that addressing the activities of the Wagner Group and other private military companies is a complex and multifaceted task. It is complex. It requires a combination of legal, diplomatic, economic, and civil society efforts to effectively mitigate their impact and promote peace and stability. This mutiny, this mutiny by the Wagner Group, isn't anything to celebrate. This, 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 this mutiny isn't anything to, 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 to gloat over. It doesn't suggest that the war in Ukraine is going to stop. It doesn't suggest um, instability in the world. All we have here is the Wagner Group that is trying to create instability. And through instability, they create stability for themselves. They create control for those who want to control. So if, if, this, if this is a mutiny, the mutiny would involve, and, and, and let us say Vladimir Putin is overthrown. What happens next? Does the war stop or does it continue under new leadership? As we conclude this episode of the Nilibu Around podcast, we hope that our discussion 
and our presentation here has shed light on the Wagner Group's activities and provided insight into potential strategies for addressing their operations globally. Thank you for joining us. And I just also want to thank the, the folks at Statista.com who continue to provide us with information, data, news that makes us a cut above the rest. We have at our disposal data, resources, and information that runs, that is global and worldwide. Well researched, and we really want to give a shout out to, um, especially a shout out to um, to Martin Armstrong, a data journalist. And you can reach out to Martin Armstrong by going to martin.armstrong at statista.com. And, and statista.com actually ha have a report out, it's entitled Russia, the Wagner Group's Global Footprint. We also want to recognize the work of the SOFAN Group, the SOFAN Center, and um, the SOFAN Center TSC is an independent non-profit organization offering research, analysis, and strategic dialogue on foreign policy challenges with a particular focus on global scrutiny, conflict prevention and resolution, and the rule of law. Their work is underpinned by an emphasis on prevention, mitigation, and the recognition that human rights and human security perspectives are critical to credible, effective, and sustainable solutions. As a bipartisan organization, the SOFAN Center fills a niche role by producing objective and innovative analysis and recommendations that shape strategic policy and dialogue and equip government, international organizations, the private sector, and civil society to act effectively. And we have taken the challenge by the SOFAN Group to promote dialogue and awareness as it relates to the Wagner Group and issues of instability, issues of monopoly and control, issues of global instability and violence as we work together to serve the world today to make tomorrow, serve the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges by making popular what was the monopoly. That is our aim here at the neoliberal pros, the, the neoliberal, the neoliberal round, and the neoliberal go and the neoliberal corporations, posts, feeds, and journal. We are all about serving the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges. Please access our, our our free services, our news, subscribe and donate to the show by going to anchor.fm slash the neoliberal slash support. We do need your support. And please get a copy of my book, Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance that's available right here at the Neoliberal Bookstore and anywhere in the world, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target, Walmart, in all platforms thank you for listening and visit us at ronaldocmckenzie.com what good